Welcome back to Lighter Side, episode 21. I have Tom Kaliopoulos with me again this week, and this week we're dedicating the entire show to the 1990s, and we're going to talk about overrated and underrated players. So I just want to jump right into this one this week. This came up, uh, I had a discussion a while back about uh, a name you'll be familiar with back in the 80s, 90s, Bernie Nichols. I uh, had had a discussion, you know, with uh, with some friends, and is was Bernie Nichols overrated or was he underrated? And, and I had a tough time answering that because I feel like he was underrated in the sense that he didn't get a lot of notoriety, but I, also in the sense that he was overrated because he did score 70 goals in one season playing with Wayne Gretzky. So I feel like he got more credit than he probably really deserved in his career riding on that. Uh, so that got me thinking to put together, a, you know, a, a, get your opinion on some guys and put a list together who's overrated and underrated players of the 90s. But before I jump into that, what are you, what, what side would you take on Bernie Nichols, overrated or underrated? I you know what's crazy? It's almost like it's kind of maybe. I wish when I looked at the list you gave me, I, I'm I'm thinking, are these even the proper, like, like descriptive words to be using? You remember like that shooting or goal scoring list you gave me? Right. Almost thinking, you know, oh man, because I'm I'm labeling these players that of this list you gave me, and I, I there's pros and cons on both. You know, but I don't. I, I don't think any of them are maybe fit the, the description of the word. Now, Bernie Nichols was a guy who, obviously, like you mentioned, scored seventy goals. I remember that year. So I, I remember before Gretzky got there. What was he popping like thirty? Yeah. Yes. And he was always a good player, kind of not the greatest skater, uh, but he wasn't a bad skater, and he wasn't a big guy. Uh, he had quick feet. He could get get a burst around a defense defender really good and he could score and he just I think it was just one of them things Joe where he played it the right era right I mean if he if he played in the started his career in the 90s uh, I'm probably guessing maybe third line center maybe a second line center on certain teams and maybe popping maybe 25 goals and maybe 50 points right but man, I think man, yeah, seventy goals, and I think he had like, I think wasn't that the year that Iserman uh, blew out one sixty five or something? It was close. It was close. I don't remember the exact year that it, that was his career year uh, playing with Gretzky. But yeah, he yeah, it was like a crap meet. That whole year was for, yeah. for every team. It was like I'm watching videos of that, you know, because you can go on these uh, YouTube and. And before that, it was like classic sports uh, network, you know, and you'd see these games, and it's like, do any of these people touch each other? Right. I mean, skating, you, you probably had, now the skating's so good, you know, but every player can skate. Back then, you probably, if you had 10 really good skaters on your team, you were probably one of the top 10 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So people use their brains more to play angles and stuff. Why do you think Mel Bridgman lasted so long? <laughs> right. He was a smart player. Right. 
So yeah, so Bernie Nichols, you know, I, I don't, I, I probably would say he was overrated, uh, just on based on what I told you just now about. Okay. Just the timing, timing, and the decade he played in, predominantly. I mean, he played in other decades too, but uh, right. it's career overlap. But yeah, say overrated. Yeah. All right. So that I get to my my list of guys I put together. So we'll I'll let you talk through them and let me know if you think they were overrated or underrated. So I hit you with this first guy. He was uh, undrafted. He played. He had over a, a thousand career assists by the time he finished his career. Fourteen hundred twenty points in the night. And again, we're looking at overrated, underrated uh, in the nineties. So during the nineties, he had the most assists at six hundred and seventy, and he was tied for the second most points in the nineties with eight hundred ninety six. I'm talking about Adam Oates. So you think? Uh, would you Adam Oates? Mm. Obviously signed undrafted by the Red Wings. Uh, went on to center. Uh, went on to center Brett Hall for a number of years, and then bounced around a little bit after he left St. Louis. But would you uh, would you give the Oats man overrated or underrated? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say underrated, and here's why. This guy was not a great skater. Okay, I remember in RPI his college program. He he set records for career assists and everything. I think it's still a record over there, like 150 career assists. Uh, he was a great facilitator. I mean, there's probably probably the best uh, passer in the league. I'd at least rate him in the top five, maybe top ten. Uh, but this guy, man, he underrated because mainly, I mean, he's always he was always squabbling for contracts. Right. I remember. He went bounced around the league a little bit because of that. He he was noted as a really uh, a guy that felt he was underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Okay, but as a rookie, the Wings signed him to the largest rookie contract in '85. It was a four-year uh, for 1.1 million. I think that's the only time this guy ever got like respect, uh, except maybe when he was putting up 100 plus points and then he jumped another team. I think maybe then be another occasion where he got justly due uh, what he was worth. Um, but, you know, you figure with the Red Wings last year there, he had 78 points. Not bad for late, you know, I mean, for a guy who wasn't really getting the ice time. Right. And then he shot up to 102 points, you know, with uh, Brett Hull. Next year he had 115 points. Predominantly... They were assist for Brett Hall, who who what did he what did he get like sixty two oh, goals one year and then seventy. Yeah, he scored. He scored over eighty one of those seasons too. Okay, yeah, I knew it was yeah. like that. You know, and then the guy, you know, let's keep this in mind too. From eighty nine to ninety four, this is a cool stat. He averaged hundred and fourteen points per season. Mm-hmm. This is this is when defense started coming into play a little bit more. They they moved out of that run and shoot offense from the eighties. Right. They had 114 points per season, and that was second to Gretzky. Yep. Who yep. in the same period of time had 129 or 124 points per season. So there's telling a 10 point difference there. Right. Yep. So that that. To me, says a lot. And this guy basically also was the fifteenth fastest player to a thousand points. So all these little things 
and based on how he always had to have his agent speak up for him, and he had to speak up for him with a couple holdouts, leads me to believe he, he was definitely underrated, Joe. Yeah, I was I was going to agree 100% with that. I always never, never made sense to me why Boston, or not Boston, why St. Louis traded him for Craig Janney. I thought that was awful oh. idea. I don't know if they thought having a left-handed center was for some reason going to be better to set up Brett Hall. That never panned out. And yeah, after that trade, even though Oates was still putting up points, he he just kept bouncing around the league every every year or two, just couldn't get contracts. And I, I agree with him that he was, for what he did out there, as far as facilitating the play, he was underappreciated and underrated. And I, I, I'd venture to guess, unless you're a hardcore hockey fan or a stats guy, uh, there's going to be very few people that would would name Adam Oates as as someone that was in the top two or top three in scoring behind Gretzky over a period of time. Oh, exactly, exactly. As far as Janny goes, I mean, not a bad player, but I don't know. Maybe they looked at the size. Janny was a bigger guy. He had a little bit of. Uh, uh, skill passing the puck. Man, I don't know what they were looking at there, but uh, I mean, they had a guy that could perennially put up uh, eighty plus points and uh, you know be a nice second center to somebody or a first line center, depending on the wingers you had with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. Maybe he was difficult. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was a difficult guy in the locker room. Right. Yeah, there's well, who knows. Yeah, we'll never know that stuff. But uh, unless you played, you know, in the locker room with them, uh, you know. But anyway, who, who else you got on the list, Joe? All right, the next guy I got uh, was a fourth overall pick. I'm sorry, a fourth round pick, 67th overall in '88 by the Penguins. He had the sixth most points in the '90s. Mark Recchi, overrated or underrated? Uh, another guy. Uh, he was another guy. I think he played in the right era. He had he had um, several stints. I think he had two or three stints with Pittsburgh, or two in Philadelphia, yeah. two with Montreal. He, yeah, and there's reasons for that, Joe. I mean, he's a professional guy. He prepared himself to play. Uh, he was a straight line up and down player, and he wasn't known as a gritty guy. But the guy, he had a little tough streak in him. I mean, he, he could take a hit to make a play. Um, it, it didn't matter what game he, he played, what style of game he was playing in, he would always fit in. And um, he, he fit in well with those Pittsburgh teams, and I think those kind of teams molded him. I mean, learning under Brian Pottier and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy had 577 goals. He won five cups. And he did it, uh, he actually won a cup with three different teams. I think there's only like 10 other players that have done that. Right. And they're probably, and, you know, they're probably generations ago when there was 15 or fewer well, teams in the league. Well, there was a few of them, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, I think Claude Lemieux is also on yep. that list. But, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, but he, uh, he's a playoff performer too, 148 playoff points. And he played in 189 playoff games, which is no small feet. Uh, the dude was, uh, he was, um, 
also plus minus rating of zero in his career, which, you know, hey, I mean, for a, for a point producer for to be able to say that, I'm going to label him an underrated player, Joe. Yep, I'll, uh, I will agree with you on that one for sure. The next guy I had on the list is a sixth overall pick in 86 by the Leafs. He spent some time with uh, the Canadiens. He was almost a point a game in the 90s. Mr. Vinny Damfoos. Your thoughts on, uh, thoughts on Vinny? I know Vinny pretty well. We played against each other in the Quebec League. He was a young, I think, geez, 15 or 16-year-old kid at the time. Came into the league early. Uh, played with Mario Lemieux, some of those great Laval teams. And, uh, geez, he ended up playing, like, I think four years in the Quebec League. So, yeah, his body got time to mature because he was always a thin kid. Um, even in the NHL, he needed to put muscle on. Uh, you know, that being said, I mean, he won a cup with Montreal in 93 when he came back home, took his Quebec province. Always responsible. On the defensive side of the puck, plus seven career, plus minus. Had 432 goals in a nice career of 1,205 games. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say Vinny was uh, an underrated player, and he played with a lot of bad Leafs teams, too. Yeah, so, he did. He did. I was, you know, the more I look at my list, I think everyone, except for maybe one of the guys, is probably going to fall under the underrated category. But yeah, I thought, I always thought Dan Fuchs was a nice player. Could have been much more productive if he wouldn't have been stuck on those bad Leaf teams. But he always seemed to show up. He always seemed to play. And I, and another guy, just a. Uh, Good player, and it didn't get probably the the credit that that he deserved for what he brought to the teams he was on. Absolutely, uh, he's just a guy. I mean, he's actually he had twelve hundred five total points. He played thirteen hundred games, Joe, close to four fourteen hundred. So I misspoke there, but uh, yeah, he. You know, he, he was an all-star at a, you know, and uh, I was, I think he was an all-star MVP at one time when they used to actually play the game. It was still a, you know, a competitive game. I think he had four goals one all-star game. But yeah, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him as an underrated, and uh, you know, it gets a little dicier here though, uh, based on what you just said to me about how you think only maybe possibly one player might be. Underrated. <laughs> Or underrated, have, yeah, yeah. One, you got a couple. Uh, well, I'll right. let you know. I'll, All let's right, talk about. I'll give you the next one because this one is what I'm. I'm guessing you're going the other way with. All right, I got uh, the next guy on the list was a 16th overall pick in '82. He scored the second most power play goals in the '90s, 136. Uh, Dave Anderchuk. Okay, another guy. Play, uh, I, well, I didn't get a chance to play against him, but we, I should have. He got called up to the NHL. Uh, he w- was a member of the Oshawa team that my Vernon team played in the Memorial Cup in Portland. First uh, Memorial Cup to be played over in the States. And uh, he, him and Tony Tanti were in that lineup, along with uh, John McLean, and went up playing for New Jersey all those years, and uh, the Rangers. Uh, Dave Anderchuk, 
I'm going to say uh, probably this guy played 26 years, Joe. He played a long, long time. So, but what I see with Dave was early in his career, he he was a scorer, a big rangey kid, six five, if I remember correctly. And this guy had 274 playoff or power play goals. He, he's first overall all time on the power play. Yep. Now, he did a lot of that early in his career, like the first 10, 12 years. Then all of a sudden, the game changed, and next thing you know, he's adapting to it, which is a big tribute to a guy that size. He was a cup winner with Tampa Bay in 2004. He's always been a key player because he kind of like Joel Otto with uh, Calgary and when they used to play those battles of Alberta with Edmonton, he was always put, matched up against Messier. He had a lot of success, Joel Otto did, against Messier in, in certain games. Uh, Andrew Chuck was used the same way later in his career. So I, I basically say underrated for that reason alone because he had to adapt his style. And for a six foot five guy, you're asking him to do this and he's, you know, his numbers kind of fell off, or this guy would have had some huge numbers playing 26 years. Right. But, uh, you know, he used to pop 35, 40 goals for a good stretch there, at least a good eight-year stretch. Yeah, I think he had a stretch for a while, or two, three, maybe four years, where he had 20 or more power play goals, too, which was yeah, insane. That's, that's pretty That's pretty impressive stat right there. Yeah. I don't think too many players can say that, honestly, even the snipers. Right. Yeah. So yeah, basically that's it on Anderchuk. I'm gonna say you underrated on yep. that one. I agree again. And I, actually, I might have two on my list that were overrated. I missed one of the names when I was running through here. But anyway, next I'll have more than that. Okay, next one, number five. Uh, he was a sixth round pick by the Kings in '83. In the '90s, he put up 272 goals, uh, just under 1,200 penalty minutes. Uh, played a big role on some Pittsburgh teams. Kevin Stevens. Yeah, Joe, I'm gonna flat out tell you right now, this guy, if he stayed straight, I mean, he got obviously started getting some serious injuries, concussion injuries. He took that one big hit where he landed on his face. Yep. Uh, that was the turning point right there because he started taking painkillers and then that led to drug use and serious alcoholism, serious drug use. Nobody could get him straight. That being said, I won't dwell on that, but it shortened his, well, he's, he's, he made some comebacks, but he never was the same player he was in Pittsburgh. This guy was a big kid coming out of college. I think he played at Boston U or Boston College, one of those programs. Mm -hmm. I get him mixed up sometimes, and he played 15 years, but later in his career, he was just struggling to, to revive his old self. And his numbers should be a lot better for the player he was, but because of all that hardship, I'm placing him as overrated, and the only reason I'm doing that is people, whenever they bring his name up, they always say, what could have been? Right. Boy, what could So just for that reason alone... And I hope he's straight in his life. I think I saw a piece on YouTube about him recently where Mario Lemieux kind of gave him a second chance and got him in a rehab program, and I think he's turning his life around. So I hope that, that piece is uh, holding some consistency uh, with its, uh, with its um, you know, how the story was unfolding about him. I, I hope that, that 
stayed a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, six three two thirty. He in his prime, he had four straight forty plus goal seasons. Two of them were fifty goal seasons. He had over two hundred penalty mm-hmm. minutes in one of those years. He's probably oh, he was a tough guy, power forward. Yeah, uh, getting in the playoffs too, and. Uh, one main reason why uh, Pittsburgh had those dominant teams, not just Mario, it wasn't just Trotchy, it was he was part of that. And he was skilled, he had good hands yeah. on low as well. Yep, yeah, after but that. We never, we, we never know, Joe, what, yeah. what could have materialized, and it's yep. you know, yeah, after that, of, after that 94 season, he only played 27 games and he never scored, he scored 20 goals once after that, but yeah, his last four years. He never even played in a half a season. He didn't have 20 no. goals total over those those four years. He fell off quick. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that was between the years. I mean, it was, yeah. he was dealing with demons, and he couldn't yeah. – couldn't, uh, nobody could help him. It was, it was a real sad story. I just hope that, uh, like I said, that, that special that I saw on him, uh, I, hope, uh, I hope that is uh, being built on and uh, he's being a productive member of society. I had him on my underrated list for the 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 point that I felt like he was the the forgotten penguin it, it, behind like you said Trache and Lemieux and Yager and Coffee was on the back end on those teams and yeah I just Tockett. yeah Tockett was there so I just felt like Kevin Stevens for I, I'd have to look I don't know if there's another player in NHL history that ever scored 50 goals and over 200 penalty minutes in one season. Shanahan might have come close. I don't know if he hit the 200 penalty minutes, but, yeah, just impressive stuff that I don't think he ever got credit for. But, yeah, like you said, what uh, people that do. Another guy on this list might have done that. Oh, you're right. He might have just felt short though, because he had one. And we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. yeah, Kevin Stevens was definitely he was an enigma too. And I, I, I didn't look at solely just his Pittsburgh body of work. Or yeah, I would have put him as an underrated. But right. no, it's mainly the whole enchilada. You know, the the big picture, and uh, I, I kind of based it on that. So right. well, this guy, the next guy I got is as overrated. Uh, on my list, Alexei Yashin. He was picked second overall by Ottawa behind Roman Hammerlick in 92. And an interesting fact, real quick, as I was looking through that, where since we did the draft last week, uh, we, right. we went through and did a redraft on uh, on one of the drafts. This, yeah. this we, we thought that was a weak draft. This 92 draft, not one single player put up over 900 points in their career. The closest, okay. the closest was Sergey Gonchar, a good defenseman yeah. from uh, Washington and some Pittsburgh. He had eight hundred and eleven yeah. points, but which is a good career for a defenseman. Yeah, when he yep, but yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody popped nine hundred or more points in their career. So I got Alexei, Alexei Yashin, the Russian. I thought he was highly touted, second overall, probably at at the time with the hype he had, probably should have went first overall over Hammerlick, but. Uh, Ottawa picked him at two, and I don't think he ever lived up to the hype that was behind him. Yeah, I believe you, Joe. He he was another guy. He was like, I think he he was second overall, like you said, but he um, I don't know. He it's one of these guys I dubbed as overrated. He, only eight playoff appearances, and uh, I don't know. I just uh. I wasn't impressed with him. He's a big guy. He was a skilled guy, always underachieved. 
and for some bad Ottawa teams. Yep. I don't know. For yeah, there's really not much else to say about the guy. I think I think he didn't like uh, he didn't like getting in traffic either. If I remember, he was really soft. Yep. And you know he uh, basically paid for that one in his career. He got a bad reputation and he could never get out of it. So even when he left to go to the island to play for the Islanders, yeah. I was on the fence of who to put on the list from that Ottawa team. I was tossing back and forth between Yashin or Alexander Dake. Oh, the yeah. other one. Yeah, he's another one. Yeah, I was yeah, on. That's a good, good name. Good name yeah. to bring. They both played together, didn't they? Yeah, I was on the fence about which one of them to throw, and I was going overrated yeah. with both of them. But package them together and still get a, a turd. <laughs> I just, I just remember that that guy was a minus eighty-three in his career too. And um, geez, he, he only played he only played 850 NHL games as six foot three, 225 pounder with skill. Yep. So he just goes to show you that he was one of the reasons why um, they give bad raps to the foreign players at the time because you you didn't it's like a box of chocolates so you didn't know what you were getting. Right. You know with these players until you know more of them started coming in that were you know, more gritty and, you know, more, they understood what the Stanley Cup meant in the rigors of an NHL, you know, season and the league itself. So, yeah, overrated. Yeah, sorry, I got two left. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Adam Graves next. We'll cover the, the other guy last. He was a second round pick, 22nd overall by the, the Red Wings. He won a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Four thirty goal seasons. He had a fifty-two goal season. He had over eight hundred penalty minutes in the nineties. Big, solid, rugged forward. He played on that Rangers Cup team with Messier. What are your thoughts on Adam Graves? Overrated or underrated? Well, this is going to be a tricky one. Now, you're, I'm going to rate it, and you're going to be surprised at my answer. But I don't blame. Adam Graves, and here's why I say that. Now, when Adam Graves was drafted by the Red Wings, okay, it was during that the Demere era there. Yep. Jacques Demere. Yes. Um, they were they did not have a lot of young players in the lineup at the time, so this guy basically wrong place at the wrong time or drafted by the wrong team at the time. And the reason I say that is they they, they didn't give him playing time, okay. The lineup suggested that they should do that, but for some reason, Demers got that Sparky Anderson bug in him and just says, "I'm going to play, you know, veteran players." So instead, he's plugging in Mel Bridgman and guys like that. Adam Graves was ten times better player than Mel Bridgman, maybe not between the ears at the time. Right. But this is a kid that came out. I think Kitchener, right? I think he played at he Kitchener. Was... Hold on, let me go back. I just clicked off him. He was with the Windsor Compuware Spitfires. Okay, you were okay. close. You're in uh, you're in you were in Ontario. You were close. Okay, we'll take it. He was an OHL guy, and I know he was a big, highly regarded guy with the Spits. Okay, and uh, I know I know he was a, a highly acclaimed because he he his name I remember with. I remember watching TV when I was a kid, and you remember how we had Channel 9 here as an affiliate? Yep, the CBC uh, affiliate, yep. 
would always watch like the, the the news after the hockey night in Canada, and this kid was always on the highlights for the Windsor Spit games because they showed a segment on junior hockey. And Graves' name came up, so I was real excited when the Red Wings got him. Now the thing that bugged me about the whole thing is he never got an opportunity here. Right. But when they shipped him off, I think it was the Edmonton. They right? shipped him to Edmonton, I think package with Joe Murphy, who they took first overall, I believe, in that same 86 draft. Okay. And then a year later, they're clamoring about not having a power forward in their lineup. The right. right. And, and this is when he started, uh, Edmonton made that 1990 run or something. Yep. When Gretzky left and Messier kind of took over the show. And he had a very good playoff with Jelena and all those guys playing on that line, maybe even with Joe Murphy. But they gave Boston fits in that Stanley Cup, and he, and he, and he did have 52 goals in uh, 92, or was it 94? 90, yeah, 93, 94, yep. You know, so I don't blame him because no matter where this guy played, he was never – he never was – his true defined – skill was it was never never put into the proper use with these teams this mm-hmm. kid won two cups i mean i'm i'm going to say he's overrated only because of how he was used not because of the player he was and it's kind of weird but um but uh, yeah a good guy to have in the lineup um a gritty guy he had some good years with the rangers obviously um, he was a tough guy. So I'm wondering, Joe, if in that year he had 52 goals. How many penalty minutes did he have? I it made. I looked it up. It was he has it 127. Okay. Well, he did. It just goes to show you that had 200 penalty minute mark by uh, yeah. Stevens. I'm gonna look and see if Shanahan did it real quick while you're talking. Well, yeah. somebody. I know somebody did it. Didn't the Rick Tockett have a big scoring once for Philly or something? one of those type of players? Yeah, Shanahan did do it. He did it in the that ninety three, ninety four. That same year, Graves scored fifty two. Shanny scored fifty two, and put up two hundred and eleven penalty minutes with Detroit. No, it was with St. Louis. His second. Louis. Yeah, it was with St. Louis uh, the year before he shipped out to Hartford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. There, there has to be another player. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a good stat, though. But, yeah, so I'm going to say overrated only because I don't think he was utilized right by any team that he went with. Maybe the Rangers did the best with him, and, you know, it's hard to argue with 40 and 52 goals or whatever. I don't know. He had a few good years there. But um, but I, I still, I this guy could, could have played a – he's one of those all-around players that you would love to have in your lineup. So I like him as a player. I just think uh, as a whole body of work, I think he was overrated, and it was mainly people who were running him. Yeah. So they have – I just pulled up. I searched the 50 goals, 200 penalty minutes. So there's got – they have it broken down, 50 goals, 100 points, and 200 penalty minutes. And it's only only two players in NHL history, Kevin Stevens in 91-92 and Shanahan in 93-94. Okay, that's a great trivia yeah. question. I, I, I probably, if, if, with you not doing that research, I probably would have said Jeremy Roenick too, but He's I don't on, know what is that. it? It's got a note about him, 50 gold. I know. No, it doesn't have. No, I was looking yeah. to see what they had on it. It's got Ronick listed as a 50-goal scorer, but not as. That would have been a good guess. 
Yeah, that's I would have probably missed that. So, yeah. but anyway, right. Joe. So one more player the on the last way? one. I got one more. This guy was drafted first overall in 1991 by the Quebec Nordiques. He never played for Quebec, never won a Stanley Cup. But before he ever played a single game, he was traded to the Quebec Nordiques after holding out for a year. I'm sorry, he was traded by the Quebec Nordiques to the Philadelphia Flyers. Quebec received Steve Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, $15 million in cash, a first-round pick in 1993, which ended up being the 10th overall pick in goalie Jocelyn Tebow. They got future considerations in 94, which ended up being Chris Simon, and a first-round pick, 10th overall, which ended up being Nolan Baumgartner. All in exchange for the player that I'm talking about, Eric Lindros. Okay, Joe, let, let, let me stop you there real quick. Now, you know, he just mended fences with the people of Quebec because of, they misconstrued evidently what he said. Okay. He was, a young kid. he was a young kid. I didn't like him when he came out because it's like, he, you know, you play where you're drafted. That, that's what my you know dad would have said to me. Right. You know, the Canadians weren't on my favorite list just because of the, how watching them growing up and were so good it was more on that level but with with Lindros how could the Quebec fans even be mad at him after what you just told me they got in return and they turned into well they didn't do anything with it evidently they moved yeah they didn't get to reap the rewards of it that's for sure exactly so that's probably mainly probably a little bit of a sore spot too they should be mad Pierre Lacroix not (laughs) and the owners of the team for moving them out. But uh, I played in that, that area, you know, Quebec Ramparts played in the Quebec League, and we played in the same rink as the Nordique played in. And, man, that's probably the best ice, just to get it off topic a little bit, that I've ever skated on. That building was huge. That's where they hold the Quebec Peewee Tournament, the famous okay. one, mm-hmm. where they have, like, 20,000 fans come watch these 10-year-olds from all over the world, uh, North America and the world actually i think there's foreign teams that come into the tournament now too but but yeah as far as eric lindros goes um you know this guy was first overall uh six foot four 240 pound specimen uh which was you know not seen back in those times Mm -hmm. um 372 goals but he only played 760 games and i'm kind of going to go with the kevin stevens thing here it's not all Eric Lindros's fault because he suffered six concussions, I think, from, what, 98 to 2000 in yeah, it was, six, I want to say? It was quite a few. Yeah, once he got the first one, they they just kept coming after that. Yeah, and his brother had to retire. His, yep. 37 years of it, or they, I don't know if it was 37, 27 years of age or yeah, something. Yeah, he didn't make it too long. He got hit early in his career yeah. and... Right. So, but the but the last three to four years for Eric Lindros were very, very uneventful for a player of that magnitude, and I know it was due to the concussions. So this guy was kind of a, you know, I really can't gauge him. It's almost like I would like to stamp it incomplete because 
you know, he's put up a lot of points though. For he played 760 games, and I think he had like 175 points. Which if he if he ended up playing 1500 games, he'd be close to 2,000 career points, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you did that, right. And he, but I just don't think, you know, and he made the Hall of Fame, and I, I question that. But I think it was more because he was a specimen. You do realize he's on the 100 greatest players of all time list. Yep, I remember seeing him on there. Yes. But he was an underachiever. I mean, he did okay in the playoffs points-wise, okay? I think he averaged like a point a game in all his playoff games. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He, was, he had 57 in 53 games. Yep, he was over a point a game. But the problem I have with him is he played 13 years, and if he was such a dominant player, the teams he led only – Made six playoff appearances. Yes. So I read, I read flag that yep. because I saw what Detroit did to him in '96 and '97, and he had a probably 20 points I think in that playoff in 16 games or something weird like that. But mm-hmm. maybe even more, maybe 24 points in 12, 19 yep. games, something like that. Yep. Yep. But but the Wings just shut him down. He wasn't even a factor, and uh, you know I take that into consideration too in big games. I mean, did this guy ever show up? Yeah, he did for Team Canada, but come on. I mean, look at the ensemble he was playing around. Right. So I would would dub this guy based on everything we've talked about. And some of it isn't his fault because he just took some big hits and, uh, you know. uh, But I'm going to say overrated. Yeah, I will agree with you. He was first overall. He was, it was 91, was I? It was about nine, nine or ten. So he was like the first player that I remember like knowing who he was before like the draft even happened. Like it was hyped about, talked about this this guy he was bigger than anyone anyone had ever seen before and he was skilled like a small, speedy, you know, skill player. He could score, he could hit. He was going to be this unstoppable force in the league and I mean he scored 40 goals and I just I feel like he never with all the hype that like you said it's not his fault uh how he was hyped up but you, you just right. especially you know me being a kid I'm just expecting this guy to come in and dominate completely dominate the league and I guess for a part he did change the way the game was played you you could I guess he paved the way for other big guys that you didn't have to just be a fighter. You could be a skilled player, but I feel like it died out real fast. I feel like, was it four or five years in, they go on that deep playoff run and and Detroit dismantles them, and then the hype was over after that. They just faded away into nothing. He ends up as a ranger and he just, he never scored 20 goals again. He just fall. He fell right off the map. The last, you know, that last quarter of his career was just gone. He, he was just, you know, the old Eric Lindros. He's out there just for fans to show up and see him. Well, he, you know, he, he was an enigma too. I mean, uh, he doesn't always show up all the time. And, and the, the thing that I'm going to throw something at you, Joe, because you mentioned how young you were when he came, into the league, the way he came into the league, as we kind of touched on earlier, I mean, he's holding out, doesn't want to go to an organization. Right. He played played with the famed uh, Oshawa Generals, but but people don't realize this. When he was a midget, he held out 
because another junior team drafted him. And I don't know if you have that information, but I, I don't know what team it was. I might even be Belleville. I got Belleville on the mind for some reason, but uh, that that drafted him, and he even held out from going there. So people never bring that up. They only bring the Quebec thing up. But him and his family also, you know, were kind of selfish in the sense that they didn't even go to the junior team they were drafted. Right. So he held out because he wanted to go to the top organization, Oshawa. So he even held out there. And in doing so, and here's what people don't realize, and I don't even know if you know this, Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, when he held out from going to Oshawa or uh, Belleville or Kitchener or whatever team he was slated to be going to, he came over here and played junior B hockey in Michigan. Okay. Did, did you know that? Yeah, I did not know that. No. He played with the B team, the junior B equivalent of the uh, CompuWare. Okay, it's got he, him. It's got it listed on his stats, eighty nine ninety. It says the stats aren't available, but it shows him CompuWare, the NAHL. Okay, that's where he played, yeah. and he dominated, and he was a man amongst boys. And some of their games were played over here at Frazier, Frazier Hockey Land. Yep. It's what it was called then. Now it's named that again. Um, and he played, that team housed out of Oak Park, so it wasn't even like a bonafide junior, like, like a, stadium or arena so he was playing in front of uh, in a building that would probably seat full capacity probably 800 people um, oak park arena it's still built you know it's still up and uh that's where he played and then he bought time and then he ended up going to, to oshawa from there okay so it's just crazy like that that's kind of his reputation so for all that stuff combined and the fact that he, he never showed big in the NHL playoffs, and then he even gets tabbed to be in the top 100 players, I don't know. I just It kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm going to say overrated. Yeah, Hockey I, Hall of Fame member, Joe, 2016 as well. Yeah, yeah I don't. I remember questioning that when that came up, that he was – in the Hall of Fame because I didn't think I don't believe he ever won any scoring titles I don't know if he won the no. league yeah he never he did win he he did get a heart trophy in 94-95 the short the strike shortened year he had 70 points in 46 games or that was a, I guess the lockout yeah. um, now, see, that's probably when, when that's Eric Lindros you know if he does that every year you know, which players of that are getting labeled like he's getting labeled, that's what they do. Those kind of numbers. Yeah. I mean, what do you prorate that, Joe? What, that season oh, you just moved season. Jeez, if you prorate that over 82 games, what does that come out to over 82? That's 125 points, roughly. Yeah. I mean, that's so – uh, He's probably in a – if he does that in, even say, 18-year career even, 20 years, like Iserman, 20-plus year, yep. you're, you're talking you're talking over 2,000 points. Yep. Yep. But yeah, he he did that. They only went on one deep playoff run, and I don't – I didn't agree with him being in the Hall of Fame. They make some weird selections sometimes. I thought that was – I thought that yeah. was questionable and just based around the, the big E hype. 
and the concussions and the I think, you know, that's based on all assumption. Well, he would have did this if right. he had no concussions. Right. And then that's a whole different category. You need to make a different category for players like that then. Yeah. You know, so there, there's always going to be argument about that. It happens in all sports when it comes to Hall of Fame inductions. There's always that, that gray area, you Didn't know, they? that red line in the sand. Where, where do you, when do you cross it? You know, it's like, you know, but yeah, he's overrated to me. So weren't they? Didn't they nickname him? And I think they did it with Crosby too. But didn't wasn't Lindros? Didn't they nickname him? Or wasn't the media calling him the next one? Like the playoff, yeah. the Gretzky's the great one, wasn't he? They were going to call him the next one, the media? Probably. I mean, Sid's obviously living up to his billing. I, I still think he's the, one of the, probably the top player in the league to this day. But, um, you know, he can do it all. And, oh, uh, oh, I found it. I found it. Lindros refused to sign with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds okay. after he was drafted. He was drafted Why? from St. Michael's, and he so he refused to report to Sault Ste. Marie. Okay, what was uh, I'd be I'd be curious to know what Sault Ste. Marie's record was, and what Oshawa's was at that time, because I know Oshawa was making Memorial Cup That's, runs. I didn't know. So Phil Esposito was the owner of the Greyhounds at the time. So he drafted them and sold. He's the one that sold. It said he traded them to the Generals instead of when he refused to to play. So let's see if I can find what year would that have been. Well, That's going to be 88, maybe. 89, because you said he went to Compuware. Probably 89. Yeah. Let's see if we can find the Greyhounds records quickly while we talk. And, and cross, pull the whole league up, and I want to see what Oshawa's was. I guarantee you they were a front runner. Uh, let's see. That would have been. It would have been eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Uh, let's see if this year. Now that's not gonna pull it up. Or ninety, ninety-one, or something. Yeah, I tried. I pulled up eighty-nine, ninety, and it says the Oshawa Generals won the J.R. Ross Cup, defeating Kitchener. Yep. So that must yep. be their top. So they won. And then if you go back the year before, the Peterbilt Peets had won it over Niagara Falls. But uh, who's this team? Sault Ste. Marie wasn't very good. They no, put up. They had twenty-one. They had twenty-one wins the one year, and the eighteen the next year, and that must have been when they traded Lindros because and got some returns for him because they finished with forty-two wins the season after that and won the J. Ross Cup. Good for them. So, so good. So look at how these teams thrived, right? By getting value for that guy right yeah yes if i guess if we gauged it on that i would say <laughs> right yeah look what he meant to the Cal the quebec who ended up being the colorado avalanche franchise exactly so hey, maybe he's an essential player yeah you know? yep. it was <laughs> i remember no i remember i'm just going back to the hype just around that 97 playoffs the the Legion of Doom was it? Was it him, Recky and Renberg, or was it Leclerc and Renberg with him that year? Leclerc, yeah. Just how how were the Red Wings gonna stop him? Because the Red Wings are so much smaller, and they never played a team or a line like this. And then Konstantinov just shut them down. 
he neutralized the big man. That's why I said no yeah. discrimination with that guy about who he's going to go battle with, you know, uh, size-wise. It's just no discrimination with Konstantinov, and that was the factor right there. There's definitely Bowman out-coached right. uh, whoever was coaching the Flyers at the time. I mean, who was it? I Remember. Yeah, I don't remember if it was was it Roger Nielsen if he was he at the Flyers at the time or yeah, well, I, I don't it, remember. Could have been one of the Murray brothers. I, I yeah, it could have been Terry or Brian. Yeah, they went but through quite maybe, a few coaches. Coaches might even then. have been Terry Crisp, uh, you know, an old Flyer player who had a good uh, reputation in the OHL and. But you know they neutralized them and uh, but yeah, that's that's an interesting list though, Joe, for sure. Yeah, 97, you're right. It would have been uh, Terry Murray. That was the last game he coached as the Flyer coach. Was yeah, that uh, totally out-coached by Bowman in that series, and the, the player matchups, man, it, it, it was uh, made a difference. And then I think just uh, – I because I thought it was going seven that series before it started. I thought because of the matchups didn't favor the Red Wings very well, but Bowman figured it out, and uh, that's the uh, – that Draper Malpe uh, combination in Coaster right. proved to be pretty uh, pretty uh, potent, I think, in that first game or two over in mm-hmm. Philly because they turned around and uh, turned the D on uh, whoever they were playing against because they scored a few big goals on some two-on-ones of turnovers going the other way. Yeah, that was huge that they never had to match top line versus top line. They were able to put the grinders out there. And the top yeah. defense pair to neutralize, and then yeah, that opens up Detroit. We had two good scoring lines back then, and a third line that that could score when needed. So yeah, they, I'm not sure. And after the Legion of Doom, I know Howard Chuck was there, but he was kind of at the end of his rope. I always liked Dale Howard Chuck as a player, but yeah, uh, you know. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, the show for this week we'll be back here again next week till then for tom i'm joe we'll see you back here next time on the lighter side